Jesus came. Jesus was God. There, there was no God and Jesus. Jesus was God. Jesus said that when I leave, and it's better that I go, and when I leave, I will send one back just like me, the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is who? <laughs> so when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, and you, each of you, receive the Holy Spirit when you accepted Christ, you are, you are then filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's big enough? He can't just come and fill a toe. If he comes, trust me, if he gets inside of you, he's going to fill you up. Okay? To, over, to overflow. Because you can't contain. Dear God. This wasn't going where I thought it was going. But we have received the Holy Spirit. Now in us is God. That means, and, and, and I'll tell you, Tommy, let's forget praise and worship. Leave the lights right where they're at. Take me to 2 Corinthians. Let me do 2 Corinthians first because I want you to get this. But we all, that's all of us. Y'all okay with living room this morning, right? With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. We all, believers, Christians, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. We should be not only a reflection of... Y'all understand when you're looking into a mirror, when you gaze into a mirror, you're not only seeing a reflection, but you're looking into it. So when people look at you, they shouldn't only see a reflection of God, they should see. We have accepted God, and now we're at a point of being a reflection as we become transformed into the same image god created us in the what did they say in the beginning let's create man in our image so that the world could see the reflection of who we are we lost that image because of sin because of plucking from a tree we lose that image now we are having to be transformed back into. If I, if I could do it this way, you've got a dirty mirror at the house. And in order to get a clear image, you have to clean. Now you can begin to see the proper reflection. Now you can see the zit on the side of your head. The hair in your nose and in your ears, right? Y'all with me? I don't want to lose you, but I'm just telling you, this is going to be a truth for us this morning. But as God came through Jesus and in Jesus and as Jesus, so the Holy Spirit came in Christ as Christ, as God. Jesus leaves, sends us the Spirit. The Spirit now abides and dwells in us. We are to be a manifested reflection of God in all his glory as we are being transformed. What does this mean? This means that we are to be, Tommy, go, go now. Let's just go ahead and go to Romans 12 too. 
we, we are being transformed into the image and how, are we do, how do we do this? By the renewing of our mind. That means basically now that we have to give up the thoughts and the idealism of this world, we can't walk and transform ourselves by the world. We cannot be conformed to the world. And what the world actually means in this scripture is age. It's, it's talking about it's this, this, whole, this whole idea here was talking about the rebellious, the godless time that they were in. We can't be conformed to that. We, we can't be walking in today's idealism of what it is to be right and to be wrong. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, going into God's word and hearing God. And we're going to find that's very important that we hear God. That's what changes our lives, not people. What we hear from God, that is a revelation. That is called revelation. Now that we have Christ living in us, and we are being transformed into that image that we become the fullness of his glory so that people recognize God, not you. You want to know why people question your Christianity? Because of the reflection. You want to know why people are questioning the church? Because of the reflection We have nothing to offer this age. Well, let me, let me, can I back up? We have a lot to offer this age. Unfortunately, we don't carry it. Oh, we look, we appear to have the form of godliness. But we lack the power. So as we are walking on this earth, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is come. John the Baptist said, behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was God and God was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was God and Jesus and all that mixed up. They're all together. They are the presence. The presence is in you. The difference between immaturity in a Christian and maturity of a Christian is that the immaturity of a Christian does not recognize that they have the indwelling Holy Spirit and they do not know and understand how to manifest it. The mature Christian manifests the presence of God. How do we do that? By who we are, transforming set and he kept talking to me about Mount Transfiguration. And I'm looking at Mount Transfiguration and what took place. So if you've got your Bibles, I was going to do Matthew, but Luke spelled it out a little better for me. I like just a touch more detail. So if you're Luke was a physician. Luke doesn't miss a whole lot of detail. Luke likes you to understand where everything's coming from. And it happened. Look, Tommy, sorry. Yeah, just stay there. And it happened. Rocky, what does this have to do with Mount Transfiguration? Just hang on a minute because I told you Wednesday. We, we have to understand that the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. Right. The letters were written as a letter. 
When you write someone a letter, you don't write them a paragraph. Well, I better be careful with that because I know women can change directions on you in a quick second. And if you ain't paying attention, they done a chapter and verse in the, in the letter and you didn't know it and you got in trouble because you didn't change your thinking. But when, 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 we're, written, when we're reading the God's word, it is, it is one string of idea. It is, it is what's taking place. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them saying, who do you, who do the crowds, who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah and others say that you're one of the old prophets has risen again. He said to them, but who, who do you, who do you say that I am? Man, I, I, oh, I'm full now. I'm full now. Let me go through it and I'm going to come back. But who do you say that I am? You need to underline that, highlight, whatever. Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one. Saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. Do you, do you see transformation taking place here? You're saved immediately in your spirit, but your flesh is being saved. You've come to recognize your spirit is lined up with the spirit of heaven, but now you've got to bring your flesh into the picture. We recognize then it takes some time. All right, just hang on with me. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected and the elders and the priests or the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised to the third day. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me. I mean, it, are you listening? I mean, it, it's one single flow. Luke throws it right out on the table. You've already recognized who I am. Immediately following that, Luke says, Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. I'm, I'm already telling you that I'm about to die. I'm about to go to the cross. And, and here's what's taking place. If you've identified with me, now there's things in your life that you have to do. And the first thing that you have to do Take up his cross daily. It's daily, Eric. It's, it's, every, it's every day. I mean, we, if, we, if we have done this properly, we should have a callus on our shoulder because we've taken that cross up so, so much, so often. Now it's a callus. It's not, it's not a burden. It's a thing that, hey, I know what's got to happen. It's going up here and I'm going. We got to put her. See, when you're, when you're able to put your pride away and your self-centeredness away and you're able to do this daily, it becomes to the point it's a second nature deal. It, it's not even a thought whether or not you want to give up your time to help somebody. It's all, it's, 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 well, I better go help them. I can deal with me later. And then as you become transformed, it gets to the point you don't even worry about dealing with you because the Bible says that if you'll take care and make somebody else reach their point, he'll take care of you and make you reach your point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm full this morning. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever desires to say... Whoever, when he said whoever, he took, he took away. That now it, it, there is no, whether you're a Christian or whether you're unsaved, he said whoever now, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. My friend, if you're looking after your life and what you can possess and what you can achieve and what you can do and you and you and you and you. You're going to look after it and God is telling you right now you will lose that which you seek. Yeah. 
But whoever loses his life for my sake. I'm not, listen, this ha- man, I'm full. This has nothing to do. This has nothing to do about you being broke and, and poor and without and lack. It has nothing to do with that. God's just saying, if you're willing to put that behind you, I'll take care of it. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. It will tackle you. It will consume you. It will overrun you all the days of your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. Church, we've got to wake up. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and himself destroyed or lost? What did you get? Your glory here on earth? That is your happiness? That is your joy? That is your content? Is what you gain? On what is temporal? Oh, it gets easier and easier for me to stand and represent Jesus to people than represent me because I could care less. As long as God is viewed according to his scripture. As long as God is viewed in and through me, according to his scripture, not your feelings and your emotions and your desires, but according to his scripture, it doesn't matter to me how you view me. Let's go, man, full. Full. As he prayed, the appearance, uh uh-oh, wait a minute. For whoever is ashamed, boy, you're getting too fat, you're getting ahead of me. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, we're still in the same letter. He hasn't changed thoughts. He's telling you step by step by step. He's telling you results. He's telling you actions. He's telling you what you should do. It's precept upon precept, line upon line. He is giving it. He is laying it all out for the Christian people. What are you to do? But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death Till they see the kingdom of God. There's so much there. See what it, what it, Lisa, what he's saying is we can be saved and still go to heaven and we'll experience the kingdom of God there because the kingdom of God is atmosphere. I know y'all want to keep thinking it's heaven. I, Walk in the streets of gold and open up the pearly gates. You ain't going to be able to open up the pearly gates. It's one pearl. (laughs) You imagine how, I mean, heaven's going to be taking in millions and millions. See, y'all think it's just your little church. (laughs) Y'all going to be going to Sunday school with your Bibles, with the, what's going to fall out? going to church <laughs> that's how we gonna enter into the gates of heaven got our bibles and we just going it's one church is here my friend you're gonna get lost up in the crowd He is saying that, oh, you can, you can go to church Sunday and Wednesday, do your duties, <laughs> pay your dues. <laughs> you, you can do your thing, and you can love the Lord with all sincerity. Love him. 
No one questions. That's very unprofessional that I have a pen in my pocket. We can just go to heaven and everything's fine, and then we will be able to experience. Here's what will make some people mad. The same experience that you get in heaven is going to be the same experience I get in heaven, whether you became mature on earth or not. Whether, whether you experienced all God's glory on earth or not, you and I are going to experience the same thing in heaven. The rewards are going to be different. Uh-oh. I, want, I ain't got time for that. It came to pass. We're still, we're still here. He, he's basically, let me, let me catch you up. He's basically saying that there's going to be some that's going to see and experience the kingdom of God before they see death. And then there's going to be others that's going to see the kingdom of God after they see death. Okay? He's not saying you're going to go to hell if you don't experience the kingdom of God here. He's not telling you that. He's just saying some will be able to experience the fullness. I have come that you have life. and have it. So I want you. Amen. Now it came to pass. This is how Jesus is talking Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's going through all of this stuff with his disciples. And he says, now it came to pass about eight days. Now, Jesus, Jesus has let eight days expire after telling them all this. See, this is, you need to understand this. Just because a word is broke free in your life today does not mean it will come to manifestation today. There may be, <laughs> there's always a process before the promise. Quit getting ahead of yourself. Quit getting ahead of God. That's probably more important. Now, it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter and John and James, the three amigos, the inner circle, the hierarchy, the beloved. He left the rest of you heathen sitting here. He grabbed three of you. Wow. See, I like to camp here just to say, can you imagine what the other? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm one of those people that if an owner would walk in and anybody was going to be recognized by the owner, it was going to be me. If, if there was going to be favor on somebody within a group, I know y'all don't, y'all lying, boy. Man, you, you hoping and praying sometime when you come to church that God's going to give pastor a word so he'll come up and talk to you. Don't be mad at me and leave and say, well, he t I'm just giving you truth. Look, I can tell you that because I used to do it. Because I would be in such a distraught in my life at a point in season that I was praying that, God, you're going to have to give my pastor a word because I know he don't know what's happening right now in my little nugget. Give him a word to awaken me. And I used to come to church, man, just hope, and I would stay near. <laughs> Y'all didn't do that, did you? I did. <laughs> Even before I became warmer, but I would stand. I was standing close because I... There ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't judge me. Joshua done it. When he hung out with Moses and Moses was hanging out with God, Joshua, Joshua was hanging on going, what you doing over there? Right? But man, I'd have been frustrated. The other night I'm standing there like, Boy, I'd have, I'd have been going, hey, well, what, what's, what's up? Why can't I go? Why James got to go? Why can't there be four? <laughs> right? See, y'all don't, I want to get involved in these scriptures. Now, it came to pass about eight days. And eight days, man, that, just, that meant so much to me. Y'all know what eight means, right? 
prophetic numbers, it's new beginning. Dear God in heaven. They were about to experience a newness of life. But you got to recognize what took place, man. Listen, read this. Please read this with me. He took Peter, John, and James. How would you like to be taken by Jesus? Huh? Come on. I mean, somebody help me out. Come on. What are you doing? Don't let go of me. Right? Right? Just put it down. I'll make you drop it. See? Look, are you, are you listening? Are you listening to me? Now, you have to understand these three. No, I'm not. They were just closer. Come here. Come here. And, and she's my... I don't know why you, why you take your wife. Why don't you just get somebody else? Why don't you get somebody else? Don't take me. Just take, take my wife. So I'm going to take somebody else. There. See, I'll cancel all that nonsense. Thank you for helping me out on that one. Now look. Well, this is more in line eaters. Peter, James, and John. Not Peter, James, and Janet. I'm so full this morning. I love this, man. I mean, I'm, I'm right here. I want to cry. Jesus took. He said, y'all, come on. I, I, I don't see Jesus going, okay, listen, we just talked about it. Jesus didn't go, hey, who wants to go with me to the mountain? He, he knows that there'd have been a fight. There'd have probably been three or four of us sitting over in the corner eating and saying, nah, you go ahead. It's ice cream pretty good. <laughs> Mighty afraid me and Tater would have been eating on some ice cream. God help me. He took them. Why did he take do y'all under do y'all know do y'all know their backstories? These three were the closest. Oh please, please stay on the bus. These three were the closest to Jesus. And I went. If I want Jesus to take me to something new. Intimacy takes you to new levels. I ain't saying that you won't get the overflow because the other nine were still hanging out. They were good. Remember, they, all of them preached the gospel. All of them went and healed people. They, they got the overflow. They just weren't the three. The God, the Father, the Son. Never mind, I ain't got time for none of that either. These were the three that were intimate with Jesus. And Jesus knew that in their hearts, although Peter, get a little crazy, if you read a little bit before what we just started in, it, this was right after Jesus had rebuked Peter and said, Satan, get behind me, because Peter's saying, oh, God, not you. You can't die. He knew his heart. He knew where he was. What Peter said, he meant. I'll cut him up. And he did. He lopped the ear off. <laughs> but these three are intimate with Jesus. They wanted nothing more than to be with Jesus. John was so arrogant that he called himself the beloved, the one that God loved, the one that Jesus loved. And me, arrogance, man. <laughs> and the Bible says that Jesus took them. He took them on the mountain. Man, when I read this, I got to read it like this. I know y'all fit and trim and y'all make me and Eric look bad, but Eric trying to get in a line with you. I ain't coming. 
But see, y'all go on a hike in a minute. Y'all fine with climbing. Oh, thank you, God. Intimacy with Jesus allowed them that fortitude that they were willing to go through the rough terrain to get to where they had to go in order to be with Jesus. If he would have grabbed me and you, Tater, we'd have been going, wait a minute, time out, time out. Do we have to do this whole trip in one day? Is there a Dairy Queen along the way? Or Chick-fil-A? It's Sunday, they closed. Are you with me? They, they, God knew that they had what was in them to, to go to the top. This mountain was like 1,500 some odd feet above sea level. I mean, this wasn't a little, this wasn't a little molehill. This was a mountain. Mount Hebron is what most of them are saying that it is. And that mountain is where God talks. Never mind. They're willing. Are you willing? Does Jesus know you enough, Cecilia? Does he, does he know your name enough to come after you and grab you and take you to the mountain because he wants you in the newness of your life? He wants to take you to another level in your spirituality. Because this is what it's going to take, friend. You, you, can't, you can't do this down in the valleys. Remember that series, Come Up Here? God wants you up where he is. He's tired. His back hurts. Because he's having to lean over all the time just to get on your level to make you feel good about, what you do, about your tithe. To make you feel good. And the whole time he's wanting you to... Jesus represented that again and said, let's go, boys, to the top of the mountain. Let's go where God speaks. Y'all can sit down. They're looking at you, morning. Look at me. Jesus took them. He separated them from the other nine. He said, listen, we can't have outside noise. What I'm about to do with you in the presence, they can't handle. And I don't want them disturbing you along the way. I need your undivided attention. Because what you're about to see will transform you for the rest of your life. What you're about to see, no other man will see this. And I don't need someone discouraging you along the way. Are we there yet? I'm tired. I'm hurting. On the way. Come on, have you... Listen, I, can I get in your car for a minute? I've been there. I understand. I'm tired and it hurts and I've got pain and I've got distraction and I've got disappointment and I've got betrayal and I've got this. I understand that. I understand I got marriage problems. I got kid problems. I got fun. I understand I done been there, but that's why God selected the three. Because he knew from their intimacy That they would make it. He knew them. They knew him. They understood enough that no matter where we go, it looks like rough terrain, but I trust in the Lord. Yes. 
It don't look like a trail I want to walk, Joe, but I trust God to get me there. I have to say that if I went on a hike with you. I, I just have to be trusting God the whole way, boy. These people try, don't go hiking with Joe, I'm just telling you. Just full of manna. He went up on the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance, watch, watch. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. Would, would you, would you uh, allow me this? When, when we become saved, when we become Christians, and I'm not saying this won't happen or this doesn't happen, okay? I'm not, I'm not telling you that. And, and I'm, look here, I'll really jack with your religion. A sinner can lay hands on somebody somewhere and they can get healed. Don't take me there. I'm told, God's a bad dude. If he can take a donkey and change a man's mind, he can use a sinner to heal a man's body. Get over this stuff, man, that you've got to have all this faith in you. God said that I will bless. He said I will bless who I wish to bless. Whoever I will to bless, I will bless. And you can't do nothing about it. You can cry, moan, groan, and complain. Mock, you can do all of the above, but God said he will bless who he wills, and he will curse who he wills. God can do what God wants to do. He is sovereign. But we try so hard to think that once we're saved, then we want to go out and we want to immediately manifest God. We want to manifest the kingdom immediately. I'm not saying that it won't happen. I'm just telling you this. There are people that get this twisted and they think because they are saved, they can go lay hands on anybody. I mean, if you want to ask <laughs> Billy Graham... He said, what do you do when you lay hands on somebody and they don't get healed? He said, I just say next. Let me tell you something. If God, oh, if we would do half of what God told us to do when it comes time to laying hands on people and the sick would recover and this and that. If, if we would do half of what God tells us to do, how do you think that Jesus was able just to walk by and go, hey, and he spoke whatever he spoke. I'm, it was some crazy line. I still ain't been able to pronounce it or rememberize it. It was basically little girl rise up. But just walking by, because he's already been with daddy. Daddy already told him, you go pass by this girl, and when you pass, don't you be worried. Don't be scared. I've already set it up. You go pa you pass, and you raise her up. We out here trying to raise the dead, and we ain't spent 15 seconds with God. And then, and then, and then, and then, y'all watch that commercial? Man, my mind, never mind. And then we become protectors of God. Because now, now you have to make an excuse Now you got to make an excuse on why God didn't heal that person. Because you're going to be asked. 
Oh, you don't. Look, I ask. I'm still asking. I'm still learning. See, my problem, here's my problem. My problem is I don't want to hurt your feelings to tell you, no, God didn't tell me to lay hands on you and heal you. Because God knows if I'd done that, buddy, out the door you gone and you'd have went to Jehovah Witness now. Boy, you can hear crickets. We think that we're going to do whatever it is that we want to do, and God's got to bless it. I'm... Be cautious in what you say and what you do. Because if God didn't tell you to say it or do it, now you've got to make an excuse for him. What happens then? You become a stumbling block for somebody because they said, well, they, they said that they were Christian people. And they went and laid hands. Man, they had anoint. They poured anointing oil over that one person. And ain't nothing happened. Is it true? Is this faith thing true? Is God true? Is, is there really a God? Is there a Jesus? What's this Holy Spirit that you speak of? Oh, you've got the look. Well, I, ain't nobody in this church got the look. We, we dress like, I mean, we good. <laughs> we, we don't have the dresses to our ankles and up to our necks and gloves and sleeves. And you're looking like you go to church, but what about, hang on, I got to get back on this. But as he prayed, as he became intimate with the Father, a transformation took place from the inside out. The cloud wasn't there yet. There was an inward change to cause him to illuminate. So much so his clothes begin to glow. Quit thinking that everything's got to happen outside first. That's totally opposite. It needs to happen inside first. Husbands, you want your family to change? It's got to happen in you first. Picking on the husbands. Picking on the men. The wannabe men. The wannabe husbands. That's how I'm picking on you. you. You want your family to change? You change. You want your environment to change? You change. Because you are the... I can't go with so deep because I'll just I'll scare you to death or you'll get mad at me and call it heresy but I'm telling you when you walk past somebody somebody should feel God I'm <laughs> they should sense God on you your life is a better witness than your mouth. And as he began to pray from the inside out, he began to change. And he began to glow. Clothes white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses. And Elijah, there, there's a lot. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting wore out. Moses could be a representation of those that have died before. 
and Elijah could be those that are represented that would not taste death before they experienced. See, there's so, there's, guys, listen. Dear God, there's so much in Scripture. Who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Boy, how would you like to be so recognized in heaven that Moses and Elisha would come down to earth and talk to you about your passing? <laughs> Woo! Boy, that'd make it all the better, wouldn't it? I'd be like, y'all get out the room. <laughs> I'm good. But Peter, <laughs> poor Peter, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, <laughs> they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And God still has yet to manifest. Do you see the progression here? There, there are things that should take place in your life as you become the glory represented in the mirror. There's things that happen and take place inside of you. There should be desires inside of you that cause you to seek out God. Not worrying that pastor's going to play worship music today. Or I wish he wouldn't have done the preaching first. I wish he would have. There's things that have to take place inside of you. If the word does not ignite you and raise that which is dead in you, nothing will. Oh, you can get emotionally tied to some worship music and maybe even give it a twirl on the altar or something. But what has to take place has to take place in you. But Peter and those were heavy. They woke. They seen two men standing. Then it happened. As they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, <laughs> come on, we've done this. Man, when, when we have entered into a, a manifested glory of God and we're all standing and experienced, man, how many of you would love to just stay right there? I mean, it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, when you get your quiet time with God or whether you're doing it with a corporate body and you know that God just rushes the room, sets beside you, you wish that you could just stay right there. See, Peter, not knowing what he was saying, was basically saying just that. But there's also a good representation here, too, of the, of the feast. <laughs> can't take much more but there's also a representation here of the feast of the tabernacles those when 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 they would sit and they would have the feast of tabernacles they they would talk about the things that were past and they would talk about the things that were to come so peter out of tradition said hey it's tabernacle time <laughs> The day would have been different. I could have, we could have talked with Moses and Elisha. What a good time it could have been. But not really knowing what was going on, he spoke. Just like we all. Because not knowing what's going on, not knowing what is transpiring, not knowing the transformation that is taking place on the inside of us because of issues and transitions. And, and we just want to say because it, it felt so good for the moment. 
I just want to, why can't we just ever stay? And he said, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, Jesus, and one for Moses, and one for Elisha. Let's give everybody a five-star hotel. Let's keep them right here. I don't want this moment to end. I, I, I want this to be forever. While he, while, while he was talking, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Who are you hearing? What are you hearing? I mean, we, we, we've sat and we've walked through three different stages of our own salvation if, if we would ponder for a moment. First, we must recognize that, that He is Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the, you, if you don't recognize that, there's nothing else for you. And then he says you must understand that in order to follow through and commit to what you have confessed. Oh, let's talk about confess and commit. Huh? New Year's. I mean, let me, let me, I'll just put all of us on New Year's. Well, I'm going to let you. You ain't losing. The only thing you're losing is your wallet when you were trying to go to Dairy Queen. We do a lot of committing, a lot of mouthing, but no commitment. And Jesus is saying this, listen, you, to even confess that I am the son of the living God doesn't make it okay. Because here's the problem, Satan knows that. He said, there's a commitment that comes behind this, and it's called picking up your cross. See, forget everything. Forget, Dennis, me and you were talking this morning. Forget the, forget the alcohol. I'm, I'm quitting alcohol, and that makes us better because it really, it makes us better healthy. <laughs> but it doesn't make us any better Christian. But if it is a cross that we must carry because it's a selfish desire and we're consumed by that, then by God, it means a lot. And we are to drape it on our shoulder and to drag it on. He said, there is a commitment that is required by you, and it's called picking up your selfishness. So many of us wonder, we, we worry so much about, man, that cross must be agony and painful and blah, blah, blah. It's you. Your cross is you. I'm tired of pastors trying to figure out what is the cross. The crazy says it. It's you. You've got to put away your selfish desire. You've got to put your cross on your shoulder. And you've got to be committed to following him. Not the way, don't be conformed to this world. Quit listening to the lies. Quit walking the way the world walked and thinking everything's okay. My friend, it's not okay. He said, if you're ashamed of him or his word. Oh, 
And the third, the third was transforming. The third is transforming. You, you, can't, you can't be the same person today that you were yesterday when you've invited Christ into your life. You've got to clean your house, my friend, and make room for him. Now, am I, I'm not talking about your cigarettes and your drinking. And, um, get, please, for the love of John, get that out of your head. Because all of that is works. All of that, all of that becomes a reaction of the desire from the love that you have for Christ. It's not an act. It's a reaction. Then it's me and you. We, we didn't stop being consumed by alcohol because we just wanted to. There was a love that entered me and you. And it was that love that consumed us. It was the love that took place of This whole story is about who we are in Christ. Can I tell you that we, if we go back to 2 Corinthians, we too will become transformed into the glory of God. Do you hear that? You will be transformed into the glory of God, the fullness of the glory of God. That's what you will be transformed into. Will you do it here? No, you'll never get it here. The Bible says we'll never be perfected until that day. But I believe that we can manifest the glory of God in our atmosphere. I do believe that. I do believe that there's times that people can walk past me and, and walk by me, and I know they've been in God's presence. And if you have it, you might want to change your company. Listen, are y'all hearing me? Did I, I lost you somewhere. Where did I lose you? I made you mad. You change the ones that you're in relation with. Jesus left. Or, I'm sorry, John the Baptist left. Because he came into the presence. As a child. See, you can't tell me that that wasn't God. That was God all the way. It, it was God then, it's God now, and it's God forevermore. He'll always be God. And he don't need no other God beside him. There is no other one. You know he don't have any enemies, right? The Bible speaks of your adversary. <laughs> Can't nobody contend with God. He don't have... <laughs> the man said, hey, okay, bye. And Satan fell. Jesus said he remembers it. <laughs> Y'all with me? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so full, I want to vomit. I sit and I see this Mount Transfiguration. God, I'll take me to the mountain. Take me. Become like Peter, James, and John, Rocky. See, y'all don't. These are my conversations. God, I want to go. Well, be more like me. God will take me to become more like Peter, James, and John. God, I want, well, you need to get. 
And it has nothing about how many times I've spoken in tongues, how many times I do communion, how much money I've ever tithed, how many times I go to... It has nothing to do about any of that. Absolutely nothing. All he wants is a deeper, intimate relationship with me. And you. (laughs) He, he, He wants it with you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to walk alongside you in your troubles. He wants to pick you up and carry you across beaten and withered sands. But will you let him? I had a couple notes. Let me just see if anything's worth. Oh, this is well worth it. This was well worth it. Because we were talking about being transformed transfigured and that means to be changed in appearance (laughs) but if we're ever to experience him jesus in the newness of life we will be able to recognize a transfigured jesus (laughs) never mind how do we do this by allowing him to lead us Are you tired of being led by your flesh? Because if, 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 Linda, if we have one ounce of truth in us this morning, we all can stand and confess this morning. We can confess it right now that there are times that we're still led by our flesh. The question is, are you tired of being led by your flesh? Are you tired enough to change you? I'm not talking about not doing it anymore and not doing this. I'm talking about changing yourself, being transformed by an intimate relationship with God. That's what I'm, when we, we talked about, when we, when we, when we're confronted by that which ails us, (laughs) Instead of us walking and, and, ooh, it's a strong one for me and you. Instead of us submitting to that which cripples us, because that's what we do. We, we submit to that. Anytime you listen to your flesh, you have submitted to that which is less than God. That ought to change some stuff that we do. Because if I, if, I, if I serve God and I have confessed that he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, I'm saying he is who I submit to. How much longer will we falter between two opinions? Come on, church, I'm full this morning. I'm going to just keep shoving it down your throat until you go. Man, he's so good to us. Don't you know that you could be dead? And what's worse, you could be dead and inhale and know it. See, we want to think that when we die, well, we die. Okay, if there's a heaven and a hell, okay, that's fine. You're going to know it. Come on, the rich man and Lazarus, come on. Just just dip your finger in some water and touch my lips. He knew. That's hell itself. That's one reason why I really don't believe, well, Never mind. I don't want to go there because I'll end up getting twisted up. I 
I'm, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm exhausted. I think I'm really done. I'm, I think I'm done. I'm done. Pastor, what's the point? Tommy, become more like him. There's your title. You want a point? I'll give it to you at the end. And how do we do that? We just discussed it. What happens when we do? We just discussed it. Where do we go to do? We, we just discussed it. Man, I don't think he left anything out this morning. Even while you'd be able to skip 12 o'clock meal too. I mean, you might be able to chew on this till four or five this evening. 